Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. I'm John Rosemary, the professor of Brooklyn. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is Antonio. I, I will explain that a little later. Uh, John Rosemary uh, is, well, you'll hear it later. And uh, this is episode 89 for the middle of January. So technically this is the first episode of 2019. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since the new year. I was a little late uh, before. I'm a little late today, uh, but January is a long month. So, you know, I got some time and uh, just a little heads up. I'm probably going to be, I might be posting late at the end of the month because I'm actually going away to Florida uh, about the time I would probably pot, put the podcast up. Um, so I don't know. I'm probably going to record early and then see if I can put it up, uh, you know, um, uh, at the end of the month, but we'll see. So, uh, just a little anticipation. I don't know what's going to happen cause I'm be traveling, but, uh, we'll see. So anyway, happy new year to all of you. Thanks for, uh, keeping, uh, you know, me and your, uh, this show on your, uh, you know, <laughs> subscription. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, I got a few things to talk about. It's not, um, yeah, coming in a moody place today and yesterday I was going to record last night, but it wasn't, I was definitely in a mood and uh, right now I'm sort of in between work sessions. So I'm trying to squeeze one in. I got I got I got a couple of jobs I got to do today. So um, but I figured better to hear from me and, and say hello. And so, uh, yeah, happy new year, everybody. So I'll, I'll tell you about John Rosemary. I'm the professor, Professor Brooklyn. John Rosemary is now going to be my uh, uh, alter ego or my uh, pen name. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, just wanted to say that um, I know last year I was talking about getting into film and, and just before the end of the year, I um, bought uh, 20 rolls of film. Believe it or not, it was inspired by Mac from uh, Shutter Time. He said that he had gotten a bunch of film for Christmas and uh, we were talking. And uh, just before the end of the month uh, in December, I ran over to B&H and I bought 20 rolls of black and white film. Um, what did I get? I got uh, 10 rolls of Tri-X film and uh, I, I like Tri-X cause I grew up with it, but I haven't, I haven't shot it in a very long time. So we'll see what happens. And then I bought, uh, five rolls of, uh, Ilford FP4 and five rolls of Delta Ilford Delta 400. Uh, the, uh, FP4 is 125 ISO and the Ilford is also 400 ISO like the Tri-X is. And, oh, just to mention, it's not 35 millimeter film. It's, a uh, 120 film, so medium format film. I think I wanted to fire up my film cameras again, my larger, my sorry, my medium format cameras. And I, I think I had planned in some way to do 35 millimeter, but after listening to uh, a few of my friends, Mac included, talking about getting back into film, that 35 millimeter was just a little bit not enough of a change from digital uh, in terms of the size, and and it's still a, a big hassle to shoot 35 millimeter film because. You know, I want to say a big hassle, but you do have a lot more film to go through, 36 exposures. And, you know, the film size is smaller, so I don't know what kind of advantage I'd be gaining by shooting film. I mean, it is a full-frame format. Uh, if I, you know, pull out my Nikon F3 and I shoot, I will get a full-frame uh, image and, and the, you know, depth of field and, and the equivalent that goes with the full-frame. But I, I don't know. It's just not enough of a of a difference between what I'm shooting with my digital cameras. And so I, and, and when I heard Mac talking about this, I agreed with him. I said, that makes a lot of sense. And so, 
you know, I have two medium format cameras. And uh, actually, I might have, I think I have more, but the two that I'm using are, I know, I know work. I think they work, actually. The other ones I'm not so sure of. I have them as display pieces, but the two cameras I have, one is a uh, Minolta Autocord, which is a twin lens reflex. And for those of you who don't know what a twin lens reflex is, it's a, a medium format camera with two lenses uh, stacked on top of each other. One lens goes directly to the film, and the second lens is basically for your viewfinder. And so you look through the top of the camera, and you, you look through the one lens, usually the top lens, and that's how you frame your picture. And then when you snap your picture, the bottom lens has the shutter in it, and it takes a shot. And the, 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 uh, the well, I'll go into the challenges in a second. My other camera is a, actually a Fujifilm, uh, medium format, um, 645. It's called the GA645. Oh, uh, let me mention the, the uh, Minolta camera is a two and a quarter camera. We call that two and a quarter. It means that each negative is two and one quarter inches by two and one quarter inches. Or if you're in the metric system, it's six centimeters by six centimeters. So six by six camera. Uh, the Fuji GA645 by its name is a six centimeter times 4.5 centimeter frame. So it's smaller than the, uh, than the Minolta and it's more horizontal in its size. It's, it's closer to a 35 millimeter frame proportions, not exactly, but it's in that direction. And it is a Fuji point and shoot medium format camera. When Fuji came out with this camera, they, I think their idea was to try to get a market of like just regular people who wanted to shoot medium format film. Um, and, or, or for people who are shooting medium format already and just needed to, to have a, you know, <laughs> a travel camera to go with and not have to bring, you know, a Hasselblad with all the lenses and stuff like that. So I bought this camera, this, this Fuji a while, a very long time ago, and it has the, it has a 60 millimeter lens on it. And I'm sorry, this is getting into a little bit of gear talk, but the, uh, 60 millimeter lens is about the equivalent of a 35 five millimeter lens on a full frame camera. So that's the kind of field of view I'm getting. It's a non-interchangeable lens and no zoom or anything like that. And the funny thing about this camera is in the way you naturally hold it to shoot, it shoots a vertical frame. So if you want to shoot horizontal, you actually have to tilt the camera into the vertical position to shoot horizontally. It's kind of a little nuts and not uh, not intuitive necessarily, but it does mean like you're naturally shooting vertical format. So that's kind of a challenge if you don't shoot vertical. Uh, and it takes 15 or 16 exposures altogether um, because of the uh, size of the film and uh, the, the amount of the, um, the, the crop on the film. So the Minolta only takes 12 exposures as, as far as I remember. I'm, I'm just going off the top of my head. It's been, it's been a long time since I fired up both of these cameras. And so I got all this film. And I've already shot, I've already sent in two rolls for processing, and I got uh, one roll now in each camera, sort of going through it very, very slowly. And the first two rolls I shot, I went to my local Greenwood Cemetery, which, uh, you know, is, is the place I go to generally to test cameras, and it's because I know the place. And I went with the Minolta. And the really tricky thing about the Minolta is because you're looking through the top of the viewfinder, the the image that you're seeing in the viewfinder is not corrected, meaning um, you're seeing everything sort of in reverse, not upside down, but in reverse. And so when you move the camera to the left, the screen, what you're looking through, moves to the right. So you really got to get used to this 
kind of backwards motion that the camera's going through. And so it really, really, really forces, you know, it was forcing me to slow down. Also, the, the, uh, there's no light meter on it, so I have to carry a handheld light meter. I've got one built into my iPhone. It's called the Lumu, uh, L-U-M-U. It was a Kickstarter uh, a while back, and it, it's a little dome that you plug into the um, lightning connector on the iPhone. And it connects right to a light meter application. And I was using that to uh, measure the light while I was shooting there. And when I was shooting there, it was pretty sunny. So there was a lot of difference between the shadow and the, and the sun. And so I would just do two light meter readings and try to remember those while I was shooting. Uh, because <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like you cannot shoot with this camera fast. So... I went there and I was shooting a lot of the sculptures and stuff like that. And I was going to be really curious uh, what I get back. And so the part of the trick was uh, also the focus on my camera is a little tight. So when you're also outdoors in the cold, it means it's somehow really slow. And then the, the shutter speeds, what was really funny was that I was looking at the shutter speeds on the camera and it looked like it topped out at 250th of a second. So I was like, oh, and I'm in the sunlight and I'm shooting 400 speed film. So it's a little bit high for that for that light. And I was having to stop down the aperture a lot to get the proper exposure. And at a later point, I looked uh, at the camera, uh, actually a few days ago, actually. I mean, I, I shot this film uh, about a week and a half ago. So, But I'm looking at the camera, and I, I just realized the camera actually goes to 500th of a second. It, there's, a, there's a bit of a um, resistance in moving the shutter from a 250th to, to 500. And there's a gap in the window, and I couldn't see that it went to 500. Uh, but I had to like sort of push it like really hard to change the shutter to 500. So now I know I've got a 500th of a second, uh, which is great. Uh, and the one concern I have, I haven't shot with this camera for a really, really long time. So I'm not sure how the shutter speeds are going to react. So I don't know if they're running fast or slow. I'll, I'll see when I get the film back what the exposures are like. I mean, I really probably should just do a test. Uh, you know, uh, with a couple of frames and say, you know, and record the in the in the in the frame what the shutter speed and aperture is, and then when I get the film back, I should be able to compare notes. But I was just sort of you know flying by the seat of my pants by shooting this stuff, and you know, uh, I don't see any reason why the shutters should be bad. I mean, I just haven't fired them up in a while, but you know, it, we'll see. You know, it was a it's it's sort of a test, and so I I shot two rolls in one day. And I've already packaged those off and sent them out to a lab in California, I believe it is, a place called The Dark Room, appropriately named. Uh, just someone, I think Mac told me about it. I don't know if it was a recommendation. I don't think he's used it. Uh, and, and a lot of people are actually saying I should probably process the film myself. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I, there's an itch for wanting to do that, but... Um, I, the way my apartment is set up, it's not very practical. I mean, I got a lot of cats, and I live near an avenue, and so there's a lot of dust uh, and cat fur flying around in my house. And so when it comes time to drying the film, and it, generally when you dry film, you got to have it in a really clean environment because if any of that dust or hair sticks to the film, it becomes kind of embedded in the film, and you can't get it out. So uh, I kind of want to avoid that. And also dealing with the chemicals, you know, I got cats and you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm not quite set up for that. And I, I, there's probably a lot of local dark rooms in Brooklyn. I mean, there's a lot of photographers in this area who are shooting film again. And so there's probably access to that. Again, it's not what I'm really running out to do, at least not yet. You know, that, that can change over time. And there's probably a lot of labs here. I just didn't, you know, wasn't in the mood to sort of scour for, for some of these labs. And so I sent out these two rolls to the dark room. 
Uh, probably the last time I'll do that because it ended up being a little pricey. About for two rolls after all was said and done, it was about 45 bucks, and that was with scans. Um, frankly, the higher res scans that they offered, plus the shipping of the negatives back to me. So you know, 22 bucks a roll per, for processing, not not counting the cost of the film itself, which isn't a lot per roll, but you know, it is a little bit of a price. Uh, it's just a little too much and not quite enough to, to sustain. But, you know, good enough to just, like, say, I'm going to do it once, maybe twice, you know, and see what happens. And the film that I've got in the cameras now, I'm not quite finished with yet. And I probably won't send those to the darkroom. I mean, no disrespect for the darkroom at all. I'm sure they're really good. It's just not the, you know, it's not the uh, economically great for me. In fact, I probably will have to end up buying my own scanner at some point. If I can get my own scanner, then, you know, sending the film out might not be such a bad deal. The, the scans are what cost the most on that, on on this, um, sending the film out. So, and uh, scanning isn't, you know, I, it's kind of fun to have someone else do it for me. But you know, that price, I think it was nine bucks or eleven bucks per roll for scans. So almost half the cost of the processing was just the scans. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to get a a, a medium format film scanner, at least something that can do a decent job with that size film. And scanning that kind of film is actually it's not that hard. You got a big negative to work with, and so the you know you don't. I don't think you need a really really high res scanner. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you know huge prints uh, with it, at least not yet. And so uh, we'll see. Um, but anyway, I'm still waiting for the film to come back, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to email me and tell me my scans are ready, and I could just download this. So I'll certainly get the film, uh, the scans before I get the actual negatives back. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it'll be, you know, 20-something shots of Greenwood Cemetery. Probably things I've shot before. But I'd be really curious to see how I saw it through these cameras that I haven't shot in a while with. And with the uh, Fuji camera, I, I've been carrying that around. I still haven't finished the single roll that I put in there yet. So I'm still shooting one roll. And I got a third roll into the uh, Minolta. And I've shot a few pictures lately. So we're going to see... Uh, what happens with that? I'm I'm curious if I'm really gonna be getting back into film. I don't know, but I got 20 roll or you know 17 rolls left, 16 rolls left to film to to give it a shot, and we'll see. Um, I do like the idea of slowing down a little bit. It's a it's a little trickier in the winter uh, because I'm not a winter guy, and uh, some of the, you know the cameras I really have to take my gloves off to work. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I'm I am looking forward, and I wanted to I wanted to share that with you that's a new year's uh thing I, I did get to squeeze it in before the end of last year so uh at least i bought the film before last year so it was a it was a lot of fun so anyway that being said i did want to mention uh a few other podcasts that uh have been sort of well not in my radar i've been part of them and uh, i got buddies who are running them but i did want to uh, talk about them first of all uh, my buddy, um, who you've probably heard, he was on this show uh, once. i got to have him on again. I can't believe I only had him once. Uh, uh, David Swiduck, who's part of the Digital Soup podcast, uh, has created a new podcast called Adventures in Creativity. And I've been listening to uh, these, sh- these shows that he's been doing on his own and with uh, different creatives. And it's a fantastic, fantastic show. Uh, he is talking about creativity, not only in photography, but he's talking with other creatives who are doing all sorts of things and trying to get you inspired to be creative. And I really wanted to plug him because I think, you know, uh, photography is certainly part of the creative process. But but when we get sort of wrapped up in only 
like listening to other photographers uh, becomes sort of we, we get sort of blinded to things and we have to open up ourselves to all sorts of creativity i mean i've also mentioned to you a lot that you know you need to go to museums you got to see paintings you got to see sculptures and stuff like that and that all that stuff actually sort of feeds back into your creative vision when you come back and pick up a camera and and david is talking to you know uh he's talking to filmmakers he's talking to um you know people who create furniture i mean all sorts of people and then he's also spinning some of the show uh just giving you his own uh, insight into creativity and the sort of the trials and tribulations of, of what it means to be a creative. And so um, he, he mixes up the show with his own, uh, you know, um, one-on-ones um, with uh, creatives and then his own, uh, you know, ideas about creativity. So I wanted to plug his show. I think it's something that if you like what I'm doing on this show, it very much dovetails into into sort of my goals in terms of a photographer and a creative and I think he is he really does a good job uh, to get you inspired so I would suggest or sort of tell you guys that you should be subscribing to uh, David Swidek's Adventure and Creativity I'll put a link in the Podbean page so that you guys can go to it but just like fire up your podcast catcher and and look for his name and just do a type in for adventures and creativity and subscribe as uh, as soon as can and I'll get David on the show again I like to talk to him about uh, his podcast and his photography. He's just a, he's a really good shooter. And uh, we've become friends offline, you know. Uh, even though I haven't met him in person yet, we've actually, you know, had the uh, internet uh, friendship going. But uh, he's really good. And I wanted to plug plug him. And then also, uh, you guys know that I'm very close to uh, the Shutter Time podcast with Sid and Mac, no longer with Sid, although she was just recently on a show uh, with Mac. He, she had left a little while ago and she came back and did an episode and it was really great to hear her on the show and Mac's been doing a fantastic job with the show by himself uh, I know it's it's a little hard to do um, podcast by yourself I remember when Tom you know finally split this show it's it means I had to sort of hold it up by myself and I, I'm just sort of a natural talker so I think <laughs> I was doing okay Mac Max says he's not a natural talker but I've listened to his couple of shows that he's done on his own and even though they've been shorter shows they've been really really good a great insight into uh someone who is a creative and has all these um you know all these ideas about how to you know deal with photography and life you know um we all you know i i understand this myself because i have regular jobs too i'm i'm not a you know professional photographer anymore well that's not true I mean I do make money from photography but I do all sorts of other things but I have to fit photography into another you know part of my world and and Mac is is talking about that on um, those sort of struggles on his own but he's also doing a great job at grabbing uh, other creatives uh, I've been on the show a bunch of times Dave has been on a show Olaf uh, has been on a show a couple of times and um, he is getting into some great conversations with photographers. So I encourage you, if you haven't gone over to the shutter time and with Sid and Mac and subscribed, I would go over there. Uh, now plugging myself, I was just on a show with him, uh, uh, not this week, but the week previous. And one of the things that he has me doing on the show with him is we, we find a photographer and uh, you know, whether it's a, a classic photographer or somebody new and we just sort of study him on the the uh, study him or her on the show 
and then tie it into some suggestion or ideas about photography in general. And it's been really great to explore these classic photographers with him because, uh, you know, I think I know all these photographers and, and yet I don't. I mean, I know who they are sometimes, but to really just go into depth about one photographer and then and then bring the ideas that we talk about into the you know contemporary discussions about how will it fit in with our own work uh they've been great i've been really it's been like going to school again but in a different way like like the good parts of school the really good learning parts and the recent show we just did uh is we, we were talking about robert kappa the war photographer uh who started the magnum uh, uh photo uh collective and also was one of the the photographers who shot uh, during D-Day. And he was a war photographer, and he actually died in uh, Vietnam by stepping on a landmine. And, and I've known about this photographer. Of course I have, but I really didn't know in depth about him. And so I'm going to plug you to that last episode with me and Mac talking about Robert Kappa. But here we go, because he, <laughs> he introduced, Mac introduced me as Professor uh, uh, Professor Brooklyn, and then somehow we came up with the name John Rosemary. So like, that's where the the the, st- the the start comes in. John Rosemary is is my nom de plume, and I am now the Professor of Brooklyn. Mainly, I think because Mac thinks I know about photography and and all these past people, and I <laughs> just I don't know. Maybe I do, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I want to plug that show. And I want you guys all to subscribe to, to if you're not already, to Sid and Mac. Uh, Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. It's no longer with Sid, though. Uh, subscribe and, and support uh, Mac in his endeavors to keep that podcast going. It's a really, really good show. And I really enjoy being on it. I hope you like uh, those shows uh, where we go back and talk uh, about um, photographers and, and bring them up to date. So anyway, one of the his single episode that he did at the beginning of the new year, right, he was talking about uh, not wanting to do resolutions. He's not into resolutions, but from a book that he read, uh, the, per, the the writer had suggested coming up with a single word. And uh, it, for in Max's case, the word was growth. And I'll let you listen to that show uh, so you can hear what he says. But as I was listening to him talk about that, um, when it when he started mentioning the single word, the first word that popped into my mind when he said that was collaboration. Why would that pop in my mind? Now, I don't do resolutions either, although kind of, you know, I think in my mind it's a brand new year and, you know, I want to start all this stuff. And there's multiple parts of a of a new year. For me, it's January and then September. And September is always because the summer is over and it feels like school starting. That's also when the photo shows start to pop up in, you know, the Javits Center and stuff like that is in um, September and October. So I kind of always think of that as the beginning of a year, right? And uh, Or a season, maybe. And then, of course, there's January 1st, which is, you know, time to make the New Year's resolutions. So I'm going to get on the, you know, more personal stuff. And I don't believe that because... Because it's just for me, like I ended up breaking things and, and uh, sticking to them. And so when Mac was talking about this writer uh, who came up with this idea of just coming up with a word, which is like, well, you really can't, you know, Mac said this, you really can't break a word. This is a word to have in the back of your mind, you know, and for Mac, it was growth. And, and you know, listen to what he says about that and how it's going to uh, what it's going to mean for him. And, you know, for me, collaboration popped up. And, well, what does that mean in terms of photography? And so from a suggestion from uh, my buddy Dave Swiduck, uh, you know, on our offline chat, uh, 
thought maybe I should talk about what it means to be in, in a collaborative um, spirit with photographers. And so I think that's a good idea. I don't know how much depth I can go into now, but, you know, the thing about photography is that we're very much by ourselves, right? You pick up your camera, you go out into the woods, you know, you go out into the streets in New York or wherever you are, and you, you tend to be by yourself. Now, you can be on photo walks, right? I've done photo walks before, but still you're a bunch of, you know, individual photographers, you know, taking pictures of whatever you see. So this, it's a group of people, but you're a bunch of individuals. And, um, you know, photo walks can lead to all sorts of things, like, you know, photo clubs and and gatherings and whatnot. And, and, and those are, uh, you know, um, a kind of collaboration in a way. But what does it truly mean to collaborate in photography? Does it mean to, you know, be a bunch of single people doing something um, for the greater good? Is it meaning to helping other f photographers? I mean, these are questions I'm sort of laying out, and uh, I don't know all the answers. I mean, I'm sure the answers are yes for a lot of these things. But, you know, I want to I sort of pose this. You know, f uh, doing photography is like not like, like, say, making movies. Movies are very collaborative. I mean, they're very obviously a collaborative spirit because you have, you know, directors and, and, and uh, directors of photography and you have lighting people and you have makeup people and you have actors and you have writers and everybody's working together to create this one thing called a film, you know, and they bring all their talents together to, to create this. And, and, and frankly, a movie needs all that. I mean, a single person, it's very hard to do all those things yourself, right? I mean, as a photographer, it's kind of easy to do all the parts, right? You can pick up the camera, you can change the lens, you can set up the lights, you can pick your subject, you, can, you travel to some place. I mean, there's there's not a lot of real reasons to have multiple people, unless you're shooting productions and you know commercial work. And yes, of course, you have to have assistants and whatnot. And you know, not sure. You know, it's a collaborative in a way. Yes, you know, it's a sort of a pyramid. You know, you do have the photographer at the top, and the photographer's in charge of everything, and everybody sort of works for the photographer. Now, I'm being this is a vast generalization, right? It's not it doesn't cover every aspect of it. But you know, if you think of a photojournalist, right? Photojournalists out there taking pictures, you know, listening on the radio, finding when a story is happening, going out and film, you know, shooting it or doing a documentary, uh, you know, a story about something and staying, you know, uh, you know, months at a time with, you know, uh, you know, firefighters in their house and like they're by themselves. And so maybe there's a little bit of collaboration there with, between the subjects and the and the uh, and the photographer. But I guess what I'm talking about is like, what is it that photographers have to be a creative collaborator? spirit you know and you know the a thing that comes into my mind is camera clubs now they've been they were really popular way back when when people were shooting film and wanted to get together and i think they're still popular now I, i've i've actually been to a couple of camera clubs where i've been like a judge to judge their monthly pictures and you know, also as a speaker to you know talk to people about what i've done and uh, the camera clubs are really great because everybody gets together, they share their pictures, they share information, and, you know, they may have some subject that they, they work on for the month and then come back the next month and show the pictures. Um, there's all sorts of, you know, uh, information sharing. People talk about their equipment and techniques and, and whatnot. And I think that's great. And I'm not, there's, I'm not judging it. If my voice sounds judgmental. It's not. I mean, the, these are really cool to do. I think camera clubs have sort of dissolved a little bit more because the internet has made it, you know, trickier for people to get together because we don't all have to actually gather in the same space. We can gather on, you know, Flickr or 500 Pics or 
Facebook and, and sort of a virtual camera club. Um, kind of remove some of the interpersonal stuff because it's nice to hang out with people and have a, you know, a soda and a coffee and, and talk in, in real life and not have to sit there on a keyboard and try to interpret what people are saying. But I think camera clubs have gone, you know, a bit a ways, right? And, and uh, you don't see a lot of people gathering together in, you know, a gallery space uh, once a month to talk about photography. It's just, it's, it's happening less and less. So, but it, I wouldn't necessarily consider a camera club a collaboration. It's, I think it's more of a gathering. Now, you know, if anybody wants to not debate, but you want to talk about it, sure, you know, fine. Let's, you know, let's talk online about this. But like a collaboration to me is like people working together towards single goals or helping another person do something. And, you know, like, for instance, last episode I had Ward uh, Rosen on and him and Mark Ryerson uh, collaborated, collaborated together to create the book on the rodeo, you know, and to me, that was a real collaboration. You know, the two photographers used their, um, strengths in what they've done to put together a really fantastic book about a rodeo. Uh, and it was not, you know, a whole long story about a rodeo, but like a specific event, but I don't think either one of them could have put that book together by themselves. And so the collaboration really meant that they had to sort of work together uh, using each of their own strengths to create a very well-rounded story uh, and then put it in a book form. And to me, that's a little bit more about what a collaboration is. Now, you know, people in a book club can collaborate. You know, I think you, know, you can get a group of people together to do one thing. And, you know, again, the club can bring these people together, but uh, not a but. Um, it, I, I, uh, collaboration is, you know, maybe sort of a subset of being in a club together, having a similar, uh, you know, um, interest in something so but the other thing i wanted to talk about like in in a collaborative spirit and this is my thinking about the you know what the word i have in my mind for the year you know uh, is going to be as collaboration is actually creating what's called a collective and a collective is a little bit different than a camera club i mean you can kind of think of a collective as kind of a subset of a photo club but um a collective tends to be a group of uh, like-minded photographers who are probably kind of friends already. And, and they may have kind of similar ideas about uh, the kind of photography that they're working on. They may not necessarily all shoot the same kind of photography, but perhaps they, you know, there's, there is some overlap. There's certainly an overlap in times in, in the ways of the thinking that they're, that they're you know, um, working together on stuff and, and just their overall like emotional thinking about photography. And so, you know, one of the things about a collective is that that they're all sort of available for each other to help each other. Right. And so uh, if I'm part of a collective, then someone's contacting me and asking me for some advice. And, and you know, I can give that advice and vice versa. And anyway, um, to me, in a collective is where you really see a lot more collaboration. And there's a whole bunch of collectives. You do a Google search for photography collectives. I mean, I, I might link a couple uh, in, in, in the, uh, pod being show notes, but like the first one, I'm, I'm like the one that I just will think off the top of my head and I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. I mean, it looks like it's spelled cage K A G E, but I think it's Kaj, um, K A G E K A G E collective. And, and it's a bunch of photographers, uh, from all around the, uh, North, um, North Atlantic, excuse me, I was saying this, you know, North America, although actually we have, can there's can actually Canadian, 
excuse me, it's not North America. So we've got Canadian, UK, Australia, France, Belgium, Denmark. Um, so it's actually worldwide, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, go to their page, K-A-G-E-Collective.com. Um, and I, I believe it's the probably a Japanese pronunciation. So forgive me, you guys, if I'm really ruining it. I just have never heard your name out loud. Um, but again, it's a, uh, you know, an on any day, the the, um, the the collective might be, you know, brainstorming ideas with each other. Um, and perhaps maybe they're putting together stories or, you know, putting out um, uh, putting up a website or even a podcast, uh, helping each other market their work. It's really a, 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 a bunch of individuals deciding to get together to create something that's bigger than them as as um, individuals. And. Just sort of as a, you know, I've been part of a collective. I've started one um, last year, and uh, we're not quite ready to go public yet. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you might have been hearing about it. If those of you are smart enough, you could figure out who's in this or what's going on. Um, but I'm just going to keep it a little under wraps. It's not a, you know, not a major secret. It's, it's just something that, uh, you know, uh, six of us are, are putting together. But the idea that we can sort of all work together, and right now we're, we're not in person, we can't, we don't have a, you know, we're all physically separated, but we do this, you know, great, we can do this great kind of collaboration online. It makes it very easy, you know, online uh, tools help us to get together, um, to really work together to sort of help each of the individuals out so that we all sort of grow together. And, you know, the rising tide takes all the ships up together, right, kind of thing. And so the idea of a collective uh, meaning that we're all going to work together to help each other. It does mean, you know, we're all, everybody's got their own lives and works. And so, it's a, of course, it's another thing to do. And it becomes kind of tricky for people who have families and jobs and, and whatnot to actually devote time to this. But, um, you know, in the sense that it's different than a camera club, that we all want to work together to help each other out. And so collaboration to me means... Like, I want to not only think about my own work, but, you know, having people help me and being available to help other people and perhaps work together to create a single um, unified, uh, you know, maybe vision about something um, or voice about something. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what the full uh, idea of the collective that I'm in is going to do and what it really means to be in a collective. And and often these groups of photographers, sometimes they'll work for a while and they'll break up. I mean, just like anything, like a band, you know, <laughs> a band plays for a while and then breaks up. I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's just, it really takes a lot of energy, creative energy, emotional energy to sort of help out, you know, other photographers uh, in, in their pursuit of creativity. And so, you know, it ends up being like a teaching thing, especially like if you have a, a diverse group of people, some of them are older who have maybe more experience, some are, are, are younger and maybe are more, you know, social media savvy and stuff like that. And all those things, all those skills and and things can come into play and and help out each individual. Like, you know, I like for, for me, the idea that if I'm in a collective and I, I ask for some help because I don't have any ideas, like, for instance, trying to come up with a, an idea for a podcast, you know, um, you know, when you're by yourself, a lot, you got to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Right. And so you got to think about, like, what am I going to shoot? How am I going to do this and whatnot? And having a small group of people, trusted people, I would say that's kind of the important part. That's kind of maybe the difference between a club and, 
and a collective in some sense is that I think the a collective uh, is that you need people that you're going to trust and who are going to be there. And so having having that kind of group of people where you can go and say, look, I'm having some trouble coming up with ideas for you know a shoot or whatever. And knowing that the people who are going to bounce ideas back to you are, are those are the ideas that you can say, you know, I, those come from really good creative minds and, and I should kind of pay attention to those. I'm not saying that doesn't happen in a camera club, but the whole idea of a collective and the collaboration is where you can get that kind of uh, sort of stimulation. That's creative stimulation. So, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying before, when we think of photographers and being lone wolves and we're out there on our own doing all this stuff by ourselves, you know, this idea of, look, you know, there's this thing I want to do. And I, you know, I, I don't know how to do this. Like I'm, I'm a really good action photographer, but I don't do, do portraits. You know, I'm thinking this is in relation to like a, uh, Ward and Mark doing their rodeo book. You know, Mark does really incredible portraits and, and Ro, uh, Ward was doing some great action work and the two of them together put this thing, you know, like you don't have to do it all by yourself. And so collaboration was this idea, you know, this word that popped in my head. It's been already going for a while. We've, I've been in this little, you know, nebulous collective for, uh, I don't know, I think we might've started in May and we're still working on like what our, what our intent is and, and whatnot. And at some point in the future, we'll come out and be public Hopefully that's a that's a goal for this year that uh, uh, you know the the audiences will start to hear about us and and you know whether or not we make a big splash or not I don't know but uh, you know I think it's it's time to sort of pull the covers off of of what's going on um, because frankly these guys I'm you know working with or collaborating with in some sense or being in a collective with are influencing me you know and are having some like here I am sitting with you know. 20 rolls of film and and you know you know it's not only max podcast that that you know was talking about it but it's uh, these these photographers i'm i'm hanging out with who have you know in the background you know have inspired and so i might not have been sitting here with these you know 40 rolls of film sorry 20 rolls of film uh if it had not been me being part of this sort of uh you know collaborative organization and so Thinking about collaboration, finding people, like-minded people, it doesn't have to be the same kind of photography. You know, you could have a person who's a fashion photographer, someone who's a photojournalist, someone who's an architecture photographer. But if you if you have sort of the like-mindedness, you know, and and even this idea of like working with another two or three photographers to do a single project uh, really kind of inspires me because sometimes it's really so hard to come up with these ideas by myself. And it really does feel like as a as a single photographer having to do all the heavy lifting myself, it really can kind of put me myself into a place where like I don't want to do this stuff, you know. And so it's sort of being answerable to other people, uh, and like a collaborative spirit means, you know, you've got a few other people to work with who can who can help push you along, give you some, you know, tips, who can uh uh just get you inspired to sort of pick up the camera and say, Hey, I'm gonna go start doing this part doing my part to make this thing happen, to, to, you know, bring the tide up with all the boats. You know, I think that in, in a sense, it's kind of like a peer pressure, you know, you got somebody who's like, they're kind of relying on you, you know, you're, well, you're doing the portrait part of this. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, it doesn't always work out. And I'm not saying it's magical and, you know, 
you know, rainbows and, and unicorns, as, as Mac likes to say. But it and it does require work, just like any kind of relationships and stuff like that. But I think this idea for me to try to get out of my own head and 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 circle around with ideas and stuff like this and and it, you know end up being a deer in headlights essentially. Um, having a small group of people who are willing to share their time and their energy and creativity and ideas uh, with me means that I want to kind of do the same with them and and sort of getting out of my own loop uh, I think you know helps me eventually and, it, and I want to say it sounds kind of selfish but you know when you help other people you're kind of helping yourself and so I think that's the idea of this collaborative spirit and the word collaboration for me for the year really seems to fit it's at least the word I want to keep in my mind all the time and you know sort of um, piggybacking on what Max says, I would like encourage you. I mean, it's just the beginning of the year and it doesn't have to be a resolution. It doesn't have to be this thing that you have to start at the beginning of the year. This idea that you put a word in your head, you know, especially in relationship to your photography or your creativity, whatever it's going to end up being. And, and say like, you know, not like say, I'm going to go shoot this, this year, you know, I'm going to go do portraits. That's my thing or street photography. You know, maybe you come up with this idea that, you know, walking, with your camera walking is going to be growth was good you know for for mac growth he wants to grow himself and that that's kind of a very broad word uh and you know you only yourself have to make the specifics for what it's going to mean for you but coming up with a single word to drive you and always have in the back of your mind means it never goes away you know next year comes up and you still have this word in your head and you just add another word to it you know collaboration this year next year leads to something else for me. You know, I don't know what it is yet. And I don't have to wait a year. I can come up with it now. So um, anyway, there's sort of a ramble a little bit, you know, so the, the, um, the upside of it is, is I'd like to share that with you. I'm putting it out in the world because, you know, I want you guys to know that I am also in a collaborative mode right now. Um, you know, doing these podcasts by myself, it's always kind of, tricky because it's, it's this idea of like i got to think of something to come up and talk to you guys with and uh you know if you notice that the the, the show sort of evolved or i want to say evolved but sort of shifted in its sort of you know um i don't know what my goals are entirely with with the show i mean i love talking photography uh, i would love to have another host on at some point but maybe it's like i do what mac does is find a, another photographer and talk about one thing it's it it chain it varies, you know, but collaboration in regards to the podcast, you know, I start thinking about that. What does that mean? Does that mean I find someone else who wants to work on this show? Anybody, anybody want to raise their hand and subscribe? And anyway, might come as a second host would be great, you know. Um, in fact, that probably should be some sort of goals to always have somebody else on the show, uh, you know, or at least do do that a lot because. Uh, it really is tricky to sort of come up with the heavy lifting for uh, doing a, a bi-monthly, bi-monthly, bi-monthly podcast. Yeah. I can't imagine like Mac has to do it every week, you know, uh, he's choosing to do it every week. But boy, that'd be, and so is Dave, I think. Dave's doing it every week uh, on his creativity podcast. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So I think, let's see. Oh, oh, man, I've actually talked for 40 minutes. <laughs> wow. I can talk, can I? I hope the talk has meaning, <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, my word is collaboration. Uh, part of that, you know, has to do with shooting film, so doing uh, projects with other photographers. I don't know what they're going to look like. 
Uh, we will see, and I will follow up with you on this show. And at some point in the near future, the collective that I'm part of will become public, and uh, we'll see where it goes with that. Uh, I'm just going to keep it under tight because we haven't really talked about going public yet, but I did want to acknowledge that the the photographers I'm working with are having an influence in me. And uh, you're, you're, you guys who are listening to me are, are sort of part of that. You're, receive, you're on the receiving end of that. Um, and so it's kind of hard to not acknowledge it at the moment. But uh, keep your ears tuned to this channel <laughs> and perhaps other channels. And uh, when we pull that, uh, when we pull those curtains open, uh, you'll you guys will certainly be the you know some of the first to know about it, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. But this idea of collaboration, you know, think of think of people who you would like to work with, you know, uh, find out if they're willing to. You know, we got a you have the the world is at your fingertips, and you and people, you know, photographers are pretty open. You know, you might find some people you'd like to work with. And asking them, they might like, yeah, let's try this. You know, you just don't know. And it becomes fun to sort of move out of yourself, not have to think of your own thing all the time, whether it's your own work or, you know, um, trying to solve some problems by yourself. It's, it's nice to sort of open up to the to the group a little bit. And, I, you know, part of the thought process in, in if you got, if anybody's thinking about creating a collective or a club, I think it's really nice to keep it small. You know, smaller groups tend to work a little bit better. And I think everybody that means everybody can have a little bit of a voice. And if the groups grow too large, it can kind of get lost. And so, again, it depends on what your goals are. I do encourage people to do camera clubs. I mean, if you can get together with a small group of people once a month, once every other month, and show pictures and talk about stuff, it, it is so much better to hear voices in your, you know, through your ears than to have to read, you know, what people say all the time. So in-person kind of contact is great. But, you know, we do have these methods of connecting with each other, and it's and it's fantastic. You know, the the, the, the people I'm connecting with, we're, we're doing it all online. And every now and then we do have, like, a online chat, you know, using, a, like, a voice, um, you know, like a FaceTime or something like that. And, you know, it's not uh, – uh, it doesn't um, – replace being in person but it's okay it's great you know you can actually check in with people so anyway my word is collaboration and so think about what your word might be and this is this all goes back to what max said on his podcast i really want to thank him for coming up with that idea because uh it, it is helping me think about stuff you know and uh that idea of collaboration so it's, it's a word that i kind of think about every day now uh, a lot different than saying i'm gonna get on this i'm gonna jog two miles a day i mean all that stuff we got to do anyway, you know, take care of yourself and whatnot. But but sort of um, thinking about, you know, the creative resolution, what it might be, what the word is, uh, I, to me, I think is more useful. So anyway, I'd like to hear what you guys think about that, uh, that concept. And if you want to um, bounce some ideas with me, you know where to find me. Uh, I'm going to keep the show a little shorter than usual, uh, even though it's <laughs> 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, I can just, talk. I'm just sitting here like with my hand on my forehead. I can't talk. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm still working on the website, swisscommanual.com. I mean, not really working on it. It's kind of sitting there. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at switch the number two manual. So switch to manual or at AM Rosario. That's a great place to find me. I'm, I'm hovering on Twitter a lot on Facebook, on the, uh, 
switch the manual page or my own page rosario photo on on uh, on facebook you can find me there and what else uh let's see um i haven't been doing the the portfolio reviews uh first of all i haven't gotten a lot of response about those but again it's part of hooked up to the website so until i get the website up and running i don't think i'm gonna be doing portfolio reviews but, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is try to get people to support the podcast or give me a hand. So I do have a tip cup on the Podbean page. So if you guys feel like throwing some uh, coffee money in my direction, I wouldn't say no. Uh, and the other thing I'm going to put a link on is that I, you know, finally got around to setting up a uh, online store for print sales. And so that's another way to support me. So we really like the kind of work I'm doing. I'm Right now I'm putting up. Uh, putting up a lot of sunrises which is you know mainly for people in my neighborhood because we got a lot of people saying oh, I love your sunrise but I'm starting to put up a lot of my other work that I don't end up always putting on Instagram and whatnot so if you're kind of interested in, in maybe you know purchasing some of my stuff to hang up on your walls you know you can go check out my gallery I'll put it up on uh, I'll put up a link in the uh, show notes as well but uh, it's right now I can what's the website oh gosh <laughs> it's um Oh my gosh, I can't remember what my website is for this. Hang on a second, I gotta look. It's uh, a new site that uh, my buddy Brian Manier turned me on to. Actually, I have to type in the, uh, let's do this. Let's go, uh, it's Antonio, right? Okay, it's antonio.darkroom.tech. So if you go to that site, you'll see, uh, got a lot of pictures up there, putting more up. And uh, you know, if you wanna buy a print to support the show, uh, I'm all for that. So anyway, um, yeah, check it out there. And uh, thanks a lot, Brian, for the uh, darkroom uh, tip there. I think it's a pretty cool place. Anyway, if you want to learn to sell prints there, uh, I would I would check it out. Uh, darkroom.tech, T-E-C-H. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I will see you at the end of the month. I told you the schedule might be a little weird because I'm going away, but uh, we'll see about that. And uh, until then, I'm going to say thanks and adios.